This morning I'd like to talk about patience. We've all heard the saying, patience is a virtue. When I was an obnoxiously impatient little boy, my mother said that to me all the time. Vern, be patient. Patience is a virtue. In my case, that was true. But it's not always true. Patience can be good or bad. It can be healthy or unhealthy, faithful or faithless, active or passive. I invite you to keep that in mind as we listen to our scripture readings. Our first reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus heard in prison what the Messiah was doing. He sent word by his disciples and asked Jesus, Are you the one who is to come, or should we wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, And the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And from the letter of James. Be patient, therefore, beloved. Until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth. Being patient with it until it receives the early rain and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of God for you the people of God. May God bless this reading and our understanding. Every Sunday, just as we did a few minutes ago, we pray the Lord's Prayer. To pray, Thy kingdom come, is to pray that the kind of world which Jesus taught about and exemplified will come in all its fullness. To pray, thy will be done, is to pray that the work which Jesus did will be brought to fruition. The Bible describes God's kingdom God's realm as a world of health and wholeness, a world in which people live long and productive lives and then die peacefully in their old age. Cancer is cured. Alzheimer's no longer robs people of their memory and diseases no longer ravage developing countries. Not only is there physical health, there's also mental, emotional, and spiritual health. 
People are glad to be alive. They experience connection with one another and union with God. God's realm is a world of abundance. Hunger, homelessness, and poverty are eliminated. Not only is there enough for everyone, everyone is happy with what they have. God's realm is a world of peace and harmony. Earlier this week, there was a shooting rampage in Jersey City, New Jersey. Three people, two of them Hasidic Jews, were killed in a kosher grocery store. It's being investigated as domestic terrorism fueled by anti-Semitism. A few days later, just a few days later, a young woman, a college freshman, was stabbed to death by three boys who were barely teenagers. In God's realm, in God's realm, things like that no longer happen. Rather than killing, there's kindness. Rather than shooting, there's sharing. Rather than shouting, there's listening. In 10 days, in 10 days, we will celebrate that God came to us in the birth of Jesus. But 2,000 years later, we're still waiting for God's realm to come in all of its fullness. 2,000 years. As much as Advent is about waiting to celebrate the birth of Jesus, it's about waiting for God to finish what God began in the birth of creation. What John the Baptist wanted to know, what the church that the letter of James was written to wanted to know, what all of us want to know is how long, how long do we have to wait Our reading from the letter of James suggests that we should wait with patience. And I don't disagree. But before we look at the virtue of patience, it's important to look at the virtue of impatience. To be impatient with God can be a significant step to a closer relationship with God. William Willimon writes, a worse problem in our spiritual lives than impatience is low expectations. The low expectations which believe so little about God that no one is ever disappointed by the seeming slowness of God to come in all God's fullness. C.S. Lewis writes, If we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. 
Impatience shows our desire for God. It shows our dissatisfaction with cheap substitutes. In some situations, patience is definitely a virtue. Stoplights, checkout lines, doctor's offices, problems at work, challenging relationships, raising children. But in other circumstances, in other circumstances, it's a terrible problem. In the face of issues such as abuse, racism, and climate change, patience is not a virtue. It's a problem. In some cases, I would argue it's a sin. When I served a church in Florida, I knew a woman who stayed in an abusive marriage for over 20 years. Some of her best friends counseled her to be patient. And some of them even used the Bible to support their position. When the advice to be patient is used as an excuse for abuse, complacency, or denial, it's not the kind of patience that the letter of James is talking about. It's an abuse of the Bible. The kind of patience that James calls for is active patience. It's the kind of patience exemplified by farmers waiting for their crops to ripen. For farmers, patience has nothing to do with complacency, with waiting passively. It has nothing to do with acceptance of the status quo. It's the confident reliance upon God combined with total engagement in the process. Farmers know that there are some things beyond their control. The amount of rain, the amount of sun, the timing of the rain. But they also know that there are many things over which they have control. Depending on the crops, that includes preparation of the soil, fertilization, watering and weeding, staking and pruning, and protection from pests and predators. Farmers do their part, and then they trust God to do God's part. <coughs> There's a t-shirt for gardeners that I like. A gardener friend of mine had it, and it just caught my attention. Across the front, in big, bright-lettered words, it reads, Dig, Plant, Water, Prune. And then, in brackets, in smaller white letters, it says, Repeat. Dig, Plant, Water, Prune, Repeat. Can you say that with me? Dig, plant, water, prune, repeat. Waiting for God's realm to come in its fullness calls for the same active patience 
we teach the ways of Jesus. We love one another and care for each other. We welcome everyone. We help people in need. We give to missions. We work for justice. We dig, plant, water, prune, repeat. Knowing that if we do our part, God will do God's part. As one commentator put it, the patience spoken of by James is not some limp sense of polite resignation. It's not a placebo that dulls us to suffering. Rather, it's the faith that keeps us in the fray. It's the quiet but clenched-fisted confidence that God lives, God cares, and God acts. Waiting is hard, but Jesus showed us how to do it faithfully. In spite of opposition, he continued to, to teach, to heal, to feed, to comfort people and welcome people. In the face of hostility and ultimately death, he continued to proclaim the kingdom, to pray for the kingdom, and to do the work that would ultimately bring it about. From his baptism in the Jordan River to his crucifixion on the cross, Jesus modeled active patience. He did his part, knowing that God would do God's part. I'd like to conclude with a parable. <clears throat> there was a woman who was very discouraged. She was disillusioned and depressed. She wanted a good world, a world with peace and justice. But the newspapers and television showed her how far we are from that reality. One day when she was at the mall, she wandered into a new store, a store where the person at the counter looked remarkably like Jesus. Gathering up her courage, she went up to the counter and asked, Are you Jesus? Yes, I am, he answered. Do you work here, she asked. Actually, he said, I own the store. You're welcome to walk around and look at what I have to offer. See what you'd like. Make a list of what you want, and I'll see what I can do for you. The woman was amazed at what she saw. There was peace on earth, no violence, war, or terror. There was peace in relationships, understanding, forgiveness, and reconciliation. There was health and wholeness, not only for people, but for the planet. Prejudice was overcome, poverty was eliminated, and justice ruled. There was generosity and joy. There was kindness and compassion, grace and love. Well, the woman excitedly made her list. Then she went back to the front and gave it to Jesus. He smiled and said, no problem. Reaching under the counter, he pulled out some packets and spread them across the counter. What are these, the woman asked. 
These are seed packets, Jesus said. You see, this is a catalog store. What, she said? Do you mean I don't get the finished product? No, Jesus said gently. This is where you get a look at the realm of God. You come in and see what it looks like here. And I give you seeds. The message of the parable is powerful. Every time you do an act of kindness, every time you stand up for what's right, whenever you work for a worthy cause, you plant seeds. Whenever you share love, whenever you offer forgiveness, whenever you sit beside the bed of someone in need, you plant seeds. Seeds that take root in people's lives. Seeds that take root in the world. Seeds that sprout and flourish and grow. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, may we do our best to live as he lived. As we wait for the realm of God to come in all its fullness, may we do so with joy like farmers and gardeners waiting with active patience, knowing that if we do our part, God will do God's part. Amen.